say you love this country, you say you really care, but America is dying. I don't see no love nowhere. You say you love this country and the freedoms that we share, but America is dying. I don't see no love nowhere. They say America is dying. They say America is dead, but there's a lot of people lying. And there's a lot left unsaid. About a week ago, I broadcast the documentary Contraland on this show. And most of you know me. Some of you have served with me in the military. Some of you have served with me in non-government organizations or NGOs. Through organizations such as A21, Phoenix Federation International, and Project Beautiful. Most of you know my background in history with human trafficking and why I am passionate about doing everything that I can to rescue one human being at a time and to stop every predator within my power. Contraland helps to expose a few situations that happen within the borders of the United States. For those that missed the viewing of the documentary Contraland, I encourage you to go online and Google search it, DuckDuckGo search it, whatever, the movie Contraland, and take the time to watch this documentary. Veterans for Child Rescue is an organization created by Craig Salman Sawyer, who is the executive producer of Contraland. He's a man who got his tactical beginning in the United States Marine Corps, and he quickly transitioned to the United States Navy to pursue high-level operations as a U.S. Navy SEAL. And as an operator on the Navy Special Warfare Group, and as a sniper, Craig gained critical experience that is now being utilized to protect those who cannot protect themselves. Because of his experience of, as a criminal investigator, Craig is uniquely qualified to run joint sting operations with law enforcement agencies and allied NGOs. Craig now dedicates his life to raising awareness about the fast-growing epidemic of human trafficking. Hey everyone and welcome to Around the Campfire with Kate, where we teach that survival is the necessity. Thriving is a key and staying alive is the only option. The intro music is the song entitled America is Dying, But It's Not Too Late by Dave Bray and Jeremy Harrell. We're coming live tonight from Public Streaming Network Studio in the Unleashed Jeremy Hansen Studio. That's usually a call-in show, but tonight the phone lines will not be open because my special guest is Craig Sawman Sawyer. And the hour is once again dedicated to helping save the lives of those who have no voice and getting to know the man himself, Craig Sawyer. It's time to check your ego at the door and help us fight back. Help us fight against this evil that is running rampant, not only in this nation, but worldwide. And Craig is here tonight to help us with this task. Welcome, Craig, to my campfire. Hey, thank you. It's a privilege to join you here, and I look forward to a, to a great chat. It is going to be an awesome chat, because this is not only about <clears throat> um, Vets for Child Rescue. This is about Craig, and telling people who you are so people can know who you are and get on board with what you do. That is my goal. So it's easy for me to sit here behind this microphone and I could take the full hour to say all these good things about you. Well, if I'm nice, but, but the listeners and the viewers, they're eager to hear what you have to say. And so before I get into some of the harder questions, tell us, in all that you've done in your life, the good, the bad, the ugly, the indifferent, who is Craig Sawman Sawyer deep down in your soul, and how did you get to where you are today? 
Well, I think I'm a complex person, but um, I, I love very strongly. And I think it's because of that that I, I fight so fiercely. So I think that came out in my Marine Corps time and Navy SEAL career. I was very, very serious about serving at the very highest level and being the best warrior that I could because I, I loved my family and my country so strongly that I felt very, very compelled to go forward and confront any evil or destruction that may come to, to those that I loved and the freedom and liberty that we had here that so many other patriots and warriors are buried in Arlington Cemetery and other cemeteries around the country and around the world. They gave their lives to defend this. And I felt very strongly that it was a beautiful culture here of the ability to pursue happiness that really was unique and special. It was dear to me. And so I had no sense of humor about anybody taking that and destroying it. And so I was, I was motivated to, to go forward and be one of those who fought it to stop it before it came here. And fast forward till now, I realized, man, the predators, the nightmare had already been here praying against our children all along, increasingly so, right under our noses. And uh, I hadn't even understood while I was overseas in 60 different countries around the world over the, over the decades, defending our national security in one capacity or another. And a lot of these war zones and, and hot conflict zones and countries of high threat, I did not realize the level of predation and the harm and the torment coming to children inside the United States. And once I'd learned that it is happening and I learned the industrial scale at which this devastation is, is being brought against our children in an orchestrated, cal calculated way. I, I just, I was so, I was heartbroken about it, but I was also enraged about it. And I don't, I'm not one to sit around and cry about something too long. If I get heartbroken about something, it quickly turns to anger, and that anger drives my my energy, my 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 fight, my work against the problem. And that, well, man, what I've been doing for the last four years, twenty four seven, throwing my back into it is is trying to number one expose child trafficking in the United States because I realized our people don't know; they still don't know. No, they don't. You know, Contraland came out in, in July 25th and it aired to 90 million households. But if you go around knocking on your neighbor's doors and they open the door and you say, hey, do you realize child trafficking is the fastest growing criminal enterprise on earth inside the United States and that it's bigger in revenue annually than all of our pro sports combined? They would look up and down the street and go, where? Well, I don't see a child getting raped in the front yard somewhere. Uh, but what they don't realize is, is in one of the houses on that block, maybe there is a a type of uh, child trafficking situation where uh, a bad mother or bad parents are selling their child or 
that someone's running a business selling children out of there, or it's a safe house being used as a, as a drop house and transporting and smuggling children. And it's, it's so pervasive. I mean, what level of activity has to happen to generate 38 to $50 billion a year inside the United States? What, what do depraved maniacs pay for? What are they willing to pay for? And a lot of it is really sadistic. It's not just about the sex. A lot of it's really just about getting off on harming people that can't fight back and don't understand. And there are a lot of different forms of dysfunction on why people pay to do different things to children, but it's all bad for the kids and none of it's okay. And we could talk about the different forms of it or whatever you're interested in that I've learned. But at the end of the day, Kate, I just am not okay with what I've learned is happening. And I'm not one to turn away from a repulsive predation. I'm not, a, I'm not one to turn away from terrorism because they saw people's heads off or light people on fire. Instead, I'm wired to go and kill them. Thank you. And that's what I did throughout my, my time in the SEAL team. That was my job, and that's the capacity that I worked myself into. And the American taxpayers funded millions of dollars in training and preparation and deployments for me to do that. And now I see child trafficking as that level of evil and abuse, and I'm bringing a different kind of fight I'm not going and killing pedophiles. I'm building. I'm doing. I'm building a war machine against it. But the war machine looks different than one that that goes and eradicates terrorism. We're building a legal war machine and exposure of it. Expose well, the, the, the hardest part. To the populace. The hardest 320 part. million Americans and get them all to fight legally through exactly. legislation and, and politics and, and, and education. All the different ways that we as a culture can fight back. Go ahead, Kate. The hardest part within the borders of the United States that I found is the predators have rights. And so you cannot do to the predators in the United States that you can do in other countries. um, When you are rescuing a child. Um, So how do you cope with, within the borders of the United States, the laws of the constitution of the predator who is harming the child, the child has rights too. So how do you and your team emotionally deal with knowing that the predators will probably be released to go out and reoffend? Well, uh, the emotion is one thing of it, but uh, in any profession, you're best to put your emotion aside and use your logic, your higher intellect. That's hard to in do. In fact, that's, that's, it's difficult to do, but that's why one side of our political aisle panders strictly through emotions to, to just pump out this constant fear message, fear, fear, fear because they want control and they want to occupy people's minds and they want to compromise the people emotionally so that they're so caught up in emotion they can't slow down and think logically and use their outer cortex and and frontal lobe to really 
analyze uh, the factual evidence and get to a meaningful, long-term, real solution. People are compromised when they're when they're they're too emotional over it. Emotion can be used to fuel us, like I described with me, my anger. That's what makes me get up early and stay up late fighting against us uh, because I realize the children are being harmed, and that that's a very upsetting for me. And sit around and crying won't get me there. So I get, I let myself get a little ticked off about it. And that drives me. So anger and, and emotion can be helpful, but really what we want to do is push that aside and think, okay, what what are the best and most effective people on earth do? They think and they strategize and they plan exactly. and they figure out what, what actually brings about the greatest effect that they want. So that's what we do. And the greatest effect is bringing a legal case. We work with the district attorneys directly to make sure that, number one, we've got someone at the end of the day, if we build the strongest case in the world, if there's a district attorney who will not prosecute child sex crimes, we'd be wasting our time. So we don't, we're not into wasting our time because okay. uh, time is money and we're funded by the American populace who are just trusting us and, and sending us donations. We're a 501c3 nonprofit organization and I mean for us to be effective with every single penny that we get. So not in a waste of our time. We identify DAs that, that will prosecute if given the, fa- the right factual evidence. So we build relationships there. And then we, we, we compile a mountain of factual evidence that will win any case in the court of law. That's why we've got a 100% conviction rate. And it's important, again, back to the DA, we've we want to work more with DAs that mean to serve and protect their people, not ones whose careers and, and campaigns have been funded by corrupt billionaires that that funded their campaigns specifically to put them in office because they would not prosecute these type of child rapists and child traffickers. Awesome. So it's upsetting to know that there's corruption and that mm-hmm. not all DAs and judges will prosecute in good faith, but it it helps us to know that we're we're approaching this intelligently and identifying the path that does work, and we're utilizing tools and techniques that are a one hundred percent effective. So for us, really, the emotion is really all good because we know that we're doing the right thing, and we know we're in a nasty squabble between the forces of good and evil. And when I started this, I didn't know what type of of resistance or blowback the opposition, the, the, the evil side of pedophiles and child rapists and child traffickers would present to us. Uh, but what it's turned out to be so far is, is they apparently fund crazy people or essentially people who are mentally not well, who have never had any success in life, don't have any, any assets to them. They're basically a, a junkyard dog. They got nothing. Well, you nothing know, you must be doing nothing to lose. And they'll write articles and make videos, you know, attacking my name, attacking our organization in hopes, desperate hopes to pr- destroy our support so that we can't run our mission. Well, they're failing at that. There's, they, they're, they can only fool the people that don't vet their sources, the people that don't analyze a source of information and go, okay, what is this source? Who is this source? 
what's their integrity level? What's their life been about? What are the, what actions have they taken with their life? What have they accomplished for this mission for children? What's their motivation for running down this other one that's very highly successful and highly effective? Um, if you look at the sources of, of the garbage, you can quickly see, oh wow, this is a felon, convicted of you know felony stalking, has more warrants out for them, have no assets, no um, no custody of their own children, their own you know numerous failed marriages, and just a, a life of disaster. So no wonder they're online typing up fake uh, articles and and fake videos for clickbait. Which well, they're trying to monetize to. to you, you know, you must be doing. Do. You know, you must be doing something right in order to be hit so hard. Number one and number two, Ephesians six comes into it. You go in with your faith. You go in with your full armor. And so, whenever these people come against you, and and um, you are not going to bring this person up, but I'm not. I'm not going to say his name, but he uh, <clears throat> has a fake site called the Pentagon Pedophile task force or some dumb garbage like that it does not exist folks and i've i've received several calls i've received several emails from people saying do you know about this person in the the pentagon pedophile task force it is not a legitimate organization there is no such task force it is a fraud and this individual has come against craig and a couple of other people because they stand for what is right, but because of Craig's faith, the smear campaign against him and his family is not working. So other than that, how do you shatter the lies in the smear campaign, not only from that person, but from others? Well, we've got investigators, and now we've got a growing investigator pool, 23 Criminal investigators, most of them federal criminal investigators, 20 and 30 year veterans of different law enforcement agencies and 30 analysts from every intelligence agency and a full time program manager that manages all of them. And we've got technology from the American Industrial Compact that allows us to investigate more powerfully and deeper than any of our federal law enforcement uh, agencies or our, any of our intelligence community uh, agencies right now, because these are the people that invent that technology, mm-hmm. and uh, they make that available to us. So now we're able to start seeing who's doing what and why and where the money comes from and things like that. So as we start to do that, uh, as we continue doing that, you'll see more prosecutions of these people that are attacking us, and you'll see... Um, Increasing lawsuits. You know, we just beat one for many millions of dollars, and we're just now we're waiting for the judge to give us the green light so that we can announce that win and wallpaper the internet with the with the the paperwork, the the legal documentation of of his defeat. Amen. So there was one of these people that was you know very loud and bold. Uh, Craig Sawyer is a satanic pedophile protector. He was. You know, bold and yelling yah and everything like he was worships yah and uh, a false prophet. And uh, he absolutely got destroyed in the court of law. Not one thing he'd ever said about uh, me was was even remotely true. And so he got destroyed. And we're just waiting. Um, it's frustrating for me, to be honest. We're, uh, we should have been able to announce that 90 days ago. But uh, the, the, we're, we're pressing the... 
the judge for um, the release of the information. So as soon as we can start getting that, that out there, that should start to tell the tale. People should be able to realize, okay, look, um, here's, here's what's happening. And, uh, but most sane people anyway, educated adults, go look at these, these people and see the, very quickly within a matter of seconds what they're ranting about and look at their level of credibility and see that they're not right in their minds anyway. They're not mentally healthy uh, as a source. And the accusations, quite frankly, are, are over the top uh, crazy anyway. So they kind of do themselves in. But that's the nature of, of a clickbait libeler on, on the Internet. It's the wild, crazy accusations that get people to, to click on it out of morbid curiosity. You know, if they said Billy Graham, the Reverend Billy Graham was a horrible space alien that eats puppies or something, people would say, what? That's not right. And they would click on it just to see what that video what their assertions were, but that's all the, the, the predator online needs is that click, and that's what they monetize. That's oh, how wow. they get paid from BitChute or whatever. So uh, their, their world is cr crumbling around them and falling apart, and that's good. Well, congratulations. We've got people praying over it, blowing the, blowing the shofar, and, uh, and chain prayers and things like that, and, and investigations, investigators watching over the, the internet and the dark net and so forth, and they can uh, more and more increasingly see who's who and what's going on. So we're not worried about that anymore. It's predictably uh, failing. Well, congratulations on your win. And God will always, always open the door for people who follow him. I, I strongly believe that. Um, yeah, we're, we're grateful. You know, I, you know, I just started this fight as a busted up veteran and father. I'm not a wealthy philanthropist. I don't have much money in at all. <laughs> because I'm a national security whistleblower. I, I blew the whistle on a high-ranking SES-level executive from the top of the FBI when I was an air marshal manager, and he was allowed to retaliate against me until I left the air marshal service. Well, that did end my, my retirement and my federal career, including all my uh, honorable service, five years in federal law enforcement and 13 years and the Navy, all my awards and everything toward a, a, a retirement was lost. So, you know, people accuse me of, you know, uh, being this wealthy scammer. No, there's a guy named Craig E. Sawyer, a totally different human being with a totally different life. Again, people don't vet the sources and, and research the accusations. And Yeah, there's a dude worth like $20 million. Well, good on him, but uh, he's a different guy. He's not me. Statistics indicate that human trafficking worldwide is over a $65 billion a year industry. And the perpetrators range from the Cretan on the street to law enforcement to the alphabet soups to the wealthy elite. And I am not accusing any law enforcement, alphabet soups, or wealthy elite. They, they are not all bad. But there are some who are. Who do we go to? When we know that trafficking is down, going down in our area, who do we trust? Well, I would say ask around as to who can be trusted in your local law enforcement. And if, if you end up with no local solutions, human um, HSI, Homeland Security Investigations, has done really well. They've done a lot of good work on on countering 
all types of human trafficking, including child trafficking. And they're typically involved in our joint operations. We have up to nine agencies at a time involved in our joint operations here at Vets for Child Rescue. Pardon me, and HSI are usually part of those. And uh, so they do well. And the U.S. Marshal Service has been crushing it. They've been they doing fantastic. Awesome. Big, they are awesome. big scores, big wins, you know, big recoveries, big arrests. And uh, so God bless all of those guys from, from both of those agencies for all of the work that they've That's done. It's hard work. It's, it's, a, it's hard work and it's hard emotionally. It's hard psychologically to, to look at the depravity and the the hear the conversations and watch the behavior of these predators. It's, it's very, it's a very sick and upsetting behavior to witness whether you're having to watch the, the porn videos or the snuff flicks or listen to the predator, stalk the child or, or whatever aspect of it you have to be subjected to. It's not easy. It's not fun. And I, I just say, God bless everyone who's who's doing good work uh, on this because it's it's very important and a lot of people quite frankly cannot and will not do it and including hardcore federal agents i i talked to a guy from customs and he's he's a he's a well-respected very successful customs senior official now and he uh He's taken down a lot of big drug runners and drug lords uh, throughout the decades of his career. So honorable, successful career by all measure. But he confided in me, and I won't use his name because I love him and respect him. But he said, Craig, my agency asked me to run one of these counter child trafficking operations that go undercover. And he goes, I couldn't do it. And so he said, you pass my respect and thanks to Bob Hamer on your board at Vets for Child Rescue because Bob Hamer went undercover inside the FBI uh, to the um, NAMBLA, North American Man-Boy Love Association. It's a pedophile group. So the, the FBI sent Bob Hamer undercover inside of NAMBLA and he he did fantastic work, but it was not fun. But at the end of the day, he got eight convictions on senior members of NAMBLA. So Bob Hamer is another one of my heroes for doing that. One of the hardest things, and I know that you can relate because you have been in a war zone, but for children, their war zone in human trafficking afterwards are the shadow people. Mm. I know because I've lived with the nightmares of the shadow people for a long time. Even being a believer in Jesus Christ sometimes rebuking and just knowing that they're in the room with you because you can feel them. You cannot get rid of them. Knowing that you have had the same type of, maybe not even the same type of shadow people, but the same type of emotional trauma. For those of us out here, not just child trafficked, victims and survivors, but for those veterans out there that have the same demons following them, what advice can you give or what can you do to help? You are very respected. And a lot of people are listening that have the same issues. What can you say to us to help us? 
Well, in the military, we are trained for whichever type of warfare we are going to conduct. Some people make war with a helicopter quite handsomely, quite effectively, and they're trained in those helicopters. They're trained in simulators, they're trained on all aspects of it before they're sent into war. I was trained in, as a Marine Corps, as an infantry Marine Corps warfighter, and I was trained in the SEAL team in all manner of unconventional guerrilla warfare and counterterrorism. There's a lot of time and a lot of money and a lot of work that goes into that preparation. So whatever type of warfare you want to conduct, you need training and preparation and, and uh, practice at that. Lawyers make war <laughs> against wrongdoing with, uh, with the, in the courtroom with legal practices. And there's a lot of ways to make war. Little Dr. Judith Reisman on our board, she just passed away on Friday, God rest her, but she made war against child trafficking and pedophilia by exposing it, by her body of research as a, as a, as a university professor and researcher, she exposed so much of this. So there's a lot of ways to, to experience conflict and war. And when you're going to encounter any sort of opposition, knowing where your power is, and how to effectively wage war is key, right? Mm -hmm. Well, in the spiritual realm, there are only two forces, only two forces. So there's one of good, and that force of good comes from God, the creator, the creator of everything that we see and can't see. And his opposition is Satan, and Satan is the force of negativity and evil and everything that's... that's uh, deceitful and destructive comes from Satan. And so you need to realize your only source of power against evil is God, your creator. And so I would say to anybody that's being tormented by evil spirits or dealing with anything like that, even depression and negativity and substance abuse and all manners of destruction, it all ultimately comes from Satan. It is not of God. That's not what God wants for us. We are we we're in this world, but we are not of this world. We are God's children. And so I would say to those of you that are suffering or you're battling or you're being attacked, reach to the most powerful source anywhere in existence. The, the only one that's got power over evil and over Satan and tap right in, you know, in the, in the, in the war zone, we would pick up that radio and call for air support. Man, we'd call for fast movers and, and aircraft to drop bombs on the enemies or shoot rockets into them or machine guns or whatever they had. And now yeah, yeah, that that field radio is your prayer line. You don't need a device. You don't if you're, it doesn't matter if your if your cell phone battery is is working or not, you don't need it. It's spiritual. Your creator, all the way down to the subatomic molecular particle level is, is Jesus Christ, and he lives in you and for you and with you, just waiting for you to call him. And all you have to do is talk to him. Just have to talk to him. He's right there. It's right there. It's not somewhere else far away. It's right there. And people just waiting for you. So is, reach out to them. It's that and, simple. And make use of it. Yeah. It is that simple, people. Grow close to your creator 
and talk to them and pray against this and and God will be right there and Satan has zero power against God. It's not like two entities that are similar in power and they're, it's like a you know pro boxing match where one may win or the other one may, may win. No, it's no contest. It's it's morbidly lopsided. Satan can only get by with deceit and trickery because he doesn't have a to hold a candle to God. So have the confidence and the faith and realize that you know, you're tapping into the, the main source of real horsepower and uh, study about it. The Bible is full of wisdom, divinely inspired, and every word in that book means something. And just be a consumer of it and you'll understand more and more and more even how to pray and what things to pray against and, and how you are to live your life so that the enemy has no power and that you can understand it. Knowledge is power. And that, that book, that, that Holy Bible is the most powerful source of information on earth. I asked my kid once, my, my boy, I challenged him to start reading his Bible as a, as a young boy. And I said, Hey, if there was a source of extraterrestrial knowledge, would, and and it was you know it, it it taught you about how everything works this wisdom like overwhelming wisdom would you read it and he was imagining you know et like martians like aliens it's like well yeah i'd read it i'm like son that's what the bible is extraterrestrial it's not from this earth it's from a superior knowledge that created everything and it's written down, and you can read it and consume it and become smart from it. Some of my, of course, my dad was a sincere and devout pastor and, and spiritual leader, and I watched him change the lives of countless, countless thousands of people. And everywhere I would take him uh, to dinner after I went in the, in the, into the SEAL teams, I'd come back home to Houston and take him somewhere, and people would find him and hug on him and thank him for all the things that he had done for them and their families over the years. And I realized he was just a really uh, powerful impact on people. So I grew to be quite proud of him and quite respectful of his manner, his chosen life's work, what he chose to do. It was very selfless life. He was a beautiful soul, just absolutely inspirational person. But uh, that's that's where he got all of his knowledge, his wisdom on how things work. And some of his friends that were wealthy and powerful people of all different kinds that that followed my father's direction because they respected him and his life and his sincerity so much. And some of them, I asked them, I said, you know, I'm, I didn't take the traditional college route. Well, how should I study? What things should I study to become more more effective in my life like what what college courses should i study or what books should i reference and, and i just i i want to continue educating myself throughout my entire life what should i study and and to a man every one of them said craig there is no better source of wisdom actual personal empowerment than the bible yeah it's not a brand new book but it's been the best-selling book of all time since it was written year after year for good reason it's that good. So the start there, read that thing cover to cover and then read it again before you read anything else. And that'll be your, your best source. So uh, that's fantastic. And I would, uh, I would want anybody to know that because knowledge is power. When you love people, you want them empowered. And that means you want knowledge for them. You don't want to lie to them and deceive them. You want to give them 
what the, the knowledge that's going to help them the most. And that's the best thing I could offer anybody. That is anybody. the center of the mark right there. That is the center of the mark. Tell us about Contraland. Ooh. Well, it took us three years to, to film it and get it to, to market. I wanted to just show the people out there what was really going on with child trafficking, what it was that I was learning. And obviously traveling around the world filming this thing, I was learning as, as we went. And I, I, we, we had quality cameramen that were, that were collecting and filming everything. And there was a long list of, of things about how a couple, there was one con man that kind of, worked his way in through a producer to get access to what we were doing and, and tried to get control. And ultimately he, he stole the, the physical um, dock that oh had all God. the footage on it for over a year. We had to litigate in the court of law because law enforcement wouldn't kick doors and return yeah. our property to us, which it was, we'd already paid for more than paid for the, all the footage and every, the drive that it was on and everything. But, we had to get that back. And then a lot of the footage that had been edited and put in, it was mysteriously missing. So we had to start over on a lot of it. And it was a, it was a big challenge and hassle far and above what it should have been to film what, what you see in it. But in the end, we're proud of it. And we brought together experts like Dr. Judith Reisman and um, Bob Hamer and Jack Farmer and, and others to just let everybody know what the de real deal is with this. And we ran joint operations and, and showed people how readily the predators will come for the children. And we showed off some of our partner organizations and how they deal with a little different aspect of child trafficking than Beth for Child Rescue does and how it all works together synergistically as a, as a comprehensive holistic solution to the problem. And, it was just our first documentary, but I meant for it to be empowering, and I believe it, it is, and we're grateful for it. It aired to 90 million households on Daystar Network on July 25th, but we want to get it on uh, as many networks as we can. And it's, it's up for free. It's a good, good faith public service alert. It's all it was ever meant to be. And it is on ContralandMovie.com. You can click on it, watch it there 24-7. Do, I do recommend you watch it on a big screen TV with good audio sounds, a good quality documentary. And, uh, man, you'll see in it um, kind of our family situation and why we fight and how our daughter was attacked and fought back and um, some recommendations on how to safeguard your children and it's pretty, there's a lot crammed into that, that 90 minutes. It's pretty intense. Um, I watched it twice. The first time I watched it, I had to turn it off a couple times because um, you just get angry. And when mm. you get angry, you want to go out and do things and you want to like hurt your local pedophile. So, <laughs> so I watched it sporadically the first time. And then I watched it in its entirety the second time. And I encourage everyone, everyone out there to watch this documentary. It is excellent, in my opinion. But since it's my show, my opinion counts. 
Okay. Well, we're, we're grateful for the re reviews of people that have watched it. And um, I'm glad that it's, that it's having an impact. And I'm, and I'm quite frankly, I'm glad that it's a little difficult to watch because it, we wouldn't be honest if it weren't. If right. we tried to soften it to the degree where it didn't sting a bit to observe, then we wouldn't, it wouldn't be a genuine representation of, of what we've learned the situation is. And I tell you, the, the part that bites at me every time I get choked up every single time is when I hear my wife's voice mm. quiver when yeah. she's talking about what it, the impact. And because I live with her, you know, when you know someone that intimately, mm -hmm. you, you, you live with them for 25 years, man, it's like, you know, you understand uh, a lot about them and and she she doesn't choke up easily and when i heard her voice shaking when she was explaining how it's impacted us and the nature of it it just man it punches me right in the gut so i don't know if it if it has that effect on other people at that point in her interview in the in the doc but uh, boy that's that's the part that gets me and uh you know i love the part where um our daughter is um you know, she's watching when her, the predators that she helped take down that get cuffed up and go away. And she and I are kind of high-fiving and I'm telling her, good job, kid, and that kind of thing. So they're, they're just good memories that are captured in the dock. So your daughter's, your daughter's explanation of her helping in this documentary and putting away some pedophiles gave her some closure. That was huge. For me, and I am sure that it was huge for a lot, of, a lot of other people because a lot of us do not get afforded that closure. And with yeah. her receiving that closure, helped us with our closure. And I don't know if she even understands that she has helped others with our closure. So hopefully, she either listens to this broadcast, or you can go back and you can tell her you do not know who's watching. You do not know what inspiration you have been to other victims other survivors well we we love her so much and and it was it was a very fortunate situation that i had the team built that i had and had the opportunity to bring her in and let her fight back and let her make that contribution that had to have been hard am, for you Say as again? a dad, that that had to have been hard for you as a dad. Oh, it was. I didn't want to let her do it, but her counselor, she's struggling there. I mean, she's been she's been through a lot, and uh, her counselor said, you know, it it'd really be helpful for her to be involved in one of these operations, and I uh, didn't like that idea, being the papa. Uh, she's my little baby, precious little baby, sweet pea. You know, she wasn't going anywhere against a predator ever again after what had happened to her. But my my own wife told me, Craig, I think you should let her do this. And our, our my team mates said, Craig, we think you should let her do it. And uh, finally, Aspen said to me herself, she goes, well, if you don't let me do this, I'm going to do this with or without you. And I realized she meant it because she's she's got an iron will, man. She has got a strong that girl. She's her father's daughter. 
God help anyone that gets in her way, man, when she really means to do something. So uh, she was about the same age as the girls that we were using at that time for that style of operation. And, and it, I, I realized, okay, if you're going to do it, you're going to do it with me so that you're right under my wing, under my watch, where I can keep you safe. You're not going anywhere. I don't trust anybody else to uh, do this kind of thing with you. So you're going to do it with your papa. And, um, so we did, and I'm glad that I'm glad that I said yes, ultimately, because it went well and it was healing for her. It was, um, empowering for her to watch these predators get cuffed up and turn in a, in a matter of seconds from a predator who was there to rape a child to someone who was going to go live in a in a jail cell until he went on trial and then live in prison. You, you turned to the predator and to the prey. They, they went from predator to prey or from predator to prisoner, at least yes. right before her eyes. In some cases, that's huge. You know, some of these guys would beg for leniency, like a warning, like a speeding, like a, a speeding ticket. Can you just give me a warning? <laughs> uh, they didn't realize the gravity of, of what, the legal system, like, no, you've been destroying lives and it stops. It ends today. Good. Um, and others passed out. Uh, one buckled his, to his knees while they cuffed him up and they, and, and basically went unconscious. They, uh, one tried to run, <laughs> which yeah, you actually see that one in Contraland. They proned him out in the front yard. The SWAT team, part of the SWAT team was in the house with us and the other was around the side of the house. Uh, to cut him off should he try to run to his vehicle, which he did. And so they, they cut him off midway and proned him out in the yard and cuffed him up. But uh, that was that was empowering for her. And I and I am grateful also, as you mentioned, Kate, that, that other people were the beneficiaries of that, uh, that, that were satisfied and empowered vicariously by, by watching her do it. And her get to serve. Yeah, maybe not everybody's father, uh, SEAL Team Six veteran, the federal criminal investigator, and is, a, and is founder of a nonprofit org that runs these operations and maybe doesn't have access to do this. I appreciate that. I wish they could be. I wish everybody that was victimized could be afforded the chance to fight back. I believe they deserve that chance. And so if Contraland in any way can help them heal just a little bit. That's a pretty cool thing. That's a pretty good thing. Absolutely. Um, we're going to hit some runaways around mm. 3,500 to 6,000 a year in this nation are classified as being trafficked. Uh, many victims do not trust anyone and they'll only call those who they believe is worthy of their trust. Yeah. And I know that you and your team, Vets for Child Rescue, are trusted. Do you have any way for them to contact you or Vets for Child Rescue? And if not, I, I, I'm, I'm also going to be giving out some phone numbers. Yeah, we do. Uh, they can go straight to our website, and there's a, there's a contact email there that most of them can email from their phones, or they can, they can call in, and if... If they don't talk to one of our staff directly, they'll be called back. So they, they, they can't do that. And um, 
we we've got people on the aftercare end of it that are great people and um, you know that that's such an important part and there's a it's really underserviced the aftercare absolutely it's 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 an aspect of this crime that that needs to be built out much more because there are too few places for the victims to go and they and and a lot of them aren't the right type of places and uh, i don't want to sound like i'm trying to be holier than the next guy or trust, more spiritual than the next person. Trust but, is an important issue. And it doesn't yeah. mean that, that you're patting yourself on the back or making yourself look better than anybody else, but you have earned that trust. Well, well, thank you. But, but what I want to say is the, the aftercare models that have been the most effective by my observation of everybody that I've, the hundreds of people I've talked to on it, they're always the ones that they're Christian and faith-based programs and locations and facilities. They have to be run by good quality people. It's it's not helpful for a runaway um, and child rape, a child trafficking victim to be sent to some juvie hall where they're in there with just a bunch of other juvie criminals and there's no real healing and love and, and pathway to, to to coming back and if there's no healing there there's no recovery and it it takes 18 to 24 months at least for someone to genuinely work through this and have any real chance of healing and getting back on their what i refer to as their best life and listeners if you are out there and you are a survivor or a victim love is not a dirty word, okay? Love is genuine and love is pure. If it is dirty, it is not love. The National Center for Missing and Exploited Children number, it's a 24-hour hotline, is 800-843-5678. The Darkness to Light hotline is 866-4-LIGHT. That's 866-F-O-R-L-I-G-H-T. That is easy to remember. There's 800-656-HOPE. And the National Human Trafficking Hotline is 888-373-7888. Let's, uh, last Sunday, last Sunday night's show, I talked about being a hero and what a true friend is. And that being a hero, biblically speaking, is one that does not judge one that sees a person for who they are and is there for them anyway. And a hero is one that recognizes the hurts of another, whether you know the person or not, and tries to help. And a hero is the one that climbs that mountain with you and helps you make it to the top through the thick brush, through the dark, darkest of the nights, through the storms, through the sunshine and the aroma of the fresh pine trees and the crisp mountain air. A hero is one that loves as Christ loves us. What is a hero to you? Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah, a hero is someone that sacrifices of themselves to positively impact others when it's needed most. In my mind, that's a hero. And here's an example of one who just passed away on Friday, Dr. Judith Reisman. You see her in Contraland as well. 
she stood up for over 50 years and through a massive body of work, diligent, painstaking work, and extensive research, very powerful expose of a sadomasochistic pedophile who we now know was contracted by the CIA. He was a, Alfred Kinsey was a science fraud. He falsified studies to bring about the outcome, the appearance that he wanted. He wanted children to be sexual from birth because he was a pedophile. Mm. And so he wrote all of his studies to claim, to make that claim. And he paid child rapists to rape children mm. during his study. I've, I've talked to one of the surviving victims in California, Barbara. We've actually interviewed her. We've got that footage. I wanted that in Contraland, but we're, we'll use it. We'll use that footage um, either for the next documentary or in our series. But the American people need to see that. But she stood up against Alfred Kinsey, against all of the mainstream media outlets and newspapers that tried to so viciously discredit her and silence her because the agenda, what they wanted to do was normalize child rape to make it sound as though somehow it were normal and good. And she realized, obviously, as a godly woman, a woman of principle and a, and a daughter who had been victimized, that that uh, was not true, that raping children was not normal and was not good, and that normalizing it was an act of hostility and destruction. And she demonstrated that through her research and her studies, and she brought it year after year after year for over 50 years. She exposed Alfred Kinsey, and she is a true champion for children. When, when it did not benefit her, when, when it was uncomfortable and humiliating for her to be attacked and smeared and libeled and defamed, she stood up and did it anyway because her love for children was greater than her opposition to being defamed and smeared. She loved the children more than she loved her own PR, if you will, her, her own. Her, she pushed her ego aside and let them attack her. That's awesome. By continuing to, to defend the children factually. And so that's, that's a hero. You ask me what a hero is? Dr. Judith Reisman is a hero. And I would say, as far as I can identify, she has been our nation's greatest champion for children for having done so and having fought for that long uh, with as ugly as our, our leftist media have been against her. You know what? We can all be heroes. So it's not just for her. And it's not just for some soldier on a battlefield far away. We can all stand up for the little ones. They are worthy of our protection and our defense of them. Absolutely. Children are worthy. We've all been children. None of us wanted to be tortured to death or raped or violated or psychologically traumatized when we were children by full-grown predatory adults. 
So it's a no-brainer that we stand up for them and say, leave children out of your sex lives, leave them out of your abuse, leave them out of your perversion. They are off limits, and we will never, ever allow the normalization of child rape in our country because we're people of principle and we have common sense. And we've all been children and we understand that it's perverse and sick to harm children, period. Go forth we can to the be battle. heroes in that way. Go forth to the battle and stand for the truth. Yes, ma'am. For anyone looking to seek training on how to get involved with saving trafficked people, because we cannot do this alone, what would be your suggestions? Well, training, we're building out a lot of training programs, including uh, potentially being contracted by states like Texas to start training their law enforcement and so forth. But there's a there's a pretty good start on our website, vetsforchildrescue.org. And there are some apps on there that are problematic for children that uh, you want not to be on your child's phone because predators use these apps to stalk and compromise your children. And we're talking about things like TikTok and other apps that some of them can geolocate your child so the predators can stalk and, and find your child when they're getting on the bus or off the bus or to you know take the chores like to take the trash to to the curb the garbage can out to the curb or when they're on the playground at the school or walking home from the store or on their bicycle or something uh, they can also surreptitiously video your child or take still images which your child doesn't know because the, the green light doesn't come on on the the phones uh, camera on these 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 hostile apps so we have to look after our children we have to invade their privacy and make sure that they're safe because they they don't know that a lot of the children that they think they're playing with and chatting with are really full-grown predatory adults stalking them and 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 befriending them and and, and setting them up to be put into harm's way. And we we need to uh, make ourselves aware of these apps and these techniques. And there's, again, there's a good start to all of it on vetsforchildrescue.org. So we've, we've put that there to empower people on that. Okay. You've encouraged a great many people. Like I said about your daughter, even you do not know who is watching you. You do not know. You do not know the encouragement that you give to others. Let me give you an example. Back when you first started, maybe about a year later, um, you, had a, you, you posted a video on Facebook, and it was a spontaneous worship video where you... Set your ego aside and got on your knees, raised your hands, and was praising. That not only encouraged and inspired me when I watched it, I saw the reaction of when I shared that on my Facebook page to show others that Craig, <laughs> Craig Sawyer is not a myth. He's not a cartoon character. He's not a, a Marvel hero. He's a human being that sets aside his ego, gets on his knees, and praises his God. That was an encouragement 
to not only me, but to literally hundreds of people just on my Facebook page alone. <laughs> well, so, I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, some, you know, people on the dark side have tried to use that uh, against me, but you know, I just come back from a mountain bike ride, and then in the mornings I listen to praise and worship music, and I just I tune in and and I I just focus on what it is that that I do, and the way that I pray now is, God, show me where the aorta is of this evil beast because I'm going to go for it. Like I described before, you show me a a terrorist, I'm going to go kill him. And I can't kill Satan, but I can, I can I can kill child trafficking to the degree that I'm I'm allowed to, or that I'm able with whatever tools I can assemble. So I pray for guidance, like God, how do I fight this? Show me the way that I need to fight this, and I'll do it. So when I'm riding, I'm I'm praying and I'm tuning in, and I'm seeking guidance and wisdom and inspiration, and it's just a beautiful time for me. And my, my pastor, when I pray for him, with him, I'm so when he and I get together and pray together over this mission and, and uh, the children and everything. And uh, he always encourages me, he goes, be bold for God, Craig, be bold. And I'm, I'm like, what do you mean by that? I feel like I'm already pretty bold. And, uh, you know, that was kind of resonating in the back of my head. And, I'm, and uh, I just wanted there to be no confusion on where my motivation and loyalties are. And I was just feeling it that morning. It was genuine. It was it was spontaneous. And I was like, I love this song. And I'm just, I feel so inspired right now. I'm just going to uh, just let this out and just. <sighs> well, it's huge that you, you yeah, are. Just worship a little bit you, for a minute, you know. You are human enough to share your faith and your family and the truth. You've opened our lives, and you've, no, excuse me, you've opened your life so that you could save others, and that's huge. I'm humbled to have you on my show and to call you a friend and my hero. The time, I mean, this hour just went by so fast, and I haven't even hit, <laughs> I haven't even hit half of what I wanted to hit. I wanted people to see who you are as a human being, and before we would go on to anything else and and hitting you as a human being just t took the whole hour. Um, uh, tell us. I, I appreciate that effort, Kate. I do. You wanted to, to show people who I am. I appreciate that. And, and it's, I think it'll be helpful because the, there has been a, you know, a, a few, I, I, I think they're, they're demonic uh, haters, but, but they're very loud online and they've confused a few people that again, don't vet their sources. And I encourage everybody again, to vet the source of, of information that uh, any in any study right uh look at who you're getting the information from but uh, you know you call me a hero I, I appreciate that but you know i think i look at heroes as like somebody like dr judith reesman 50 years over 50 years that she threw her back into it and i think we can all take someone like her as inspiration and go really um she might have been five foot tall so her tiny little shoes but who can fill those shoes, man? Uh, I think it's an opportunity for us all to step up and, and take up the slack and fill the void that she left. Tiny in physical stature, but that's not what matters. Dynamite in a fight comes in small packages. 
it's she was a giant an absolute giant in moral courage and that's what our country needs and so i'm just trying to demonstrate and exercise my moral courage and uh, you know what i what's more important to me now at 57 rather than appearing cool and, and stoic and not showing any emotion or or having people perceive me as a certain way i care more about the impact for children, how many little ones' lives can I genuinely, positively change? How much of this ugly harm can I prevent with the rest of my days here? So that's what matters more to me than appearing cool uh, to, to the masses anymore. So that's why I'm willing to kind of share what matters to me or an impact or, or a little emotion. I'm not trying to get uh, show weakness or be a blubbering uh, fool online or anything it just shows like that. Human, it's just Craig. these things when you when you talk to the victims and you hear uh, the harm. You, when you hear what it did to them, and you learn how bad it, it, and how horrible it actually is, and how they didn't understand because it was just a child why someone was torturing them or why someone was repeatedly raping them. And when you can kind of feel that, when you can finally kind of understand and empathize with with innocent people being harmed and tortured and tormented uh i would say that you're something less than if you don't feel anything you're not something greater than because you're stoic and you don't feel anything i would say that makes you a sociopath that makes you broken and empty mm-hmm. you, i i would challenge anyone to try to imagine that it's you in a, in a dog kennel and you're being taken out only to be raped and tortured and put back in, that that's your life now, or that you're locked in a closet in the dark. And the only time that you are brought out of there is to be abused. And that the next, you don't know when they're, they're going to wheel you out there and torture you to death or beat you to death or when you're going to pass away from malnourishment or, or the abuse or, so I, I think, it's just, I'm not a hero. I'm just a busted up veteran willing to do, determined to do whatever I can to change a really stupid and bad and ugly situation that, quite frankly, I resent having to address and spend so much time on because I feel like it should have never been a thing. In my you know, golden years, I should be able to go to the beach and, and, and recreate with my family and, and focus on barbecue and, and better things. I mean, my God, I spent the bulk of my life traveling around, you know, Christmases and Thanksgiving and New Year's and my birthdays and weddings and funerals and, and all these several celebrations. So much of the time I've been overseas in war zones and I, I felt like I've contributed and given my, my, my life to make the world a better place. And I don't feel like I should have to do this now, but I can't look away from it knowing that that's the case. Law enforcement doesn't have it solved. Are a lot of law enforcement doing their best to stop it? Yes, they are. But are they backed by politicians and laws the way that they should be? No, they're not backed the way that they deserve to be. Our law enforcement are not set up for success and they deserve to be because they're out there behind body armor and a badge putting their lives on the line for us risking it all sometimes getting gunned down like we like we saw just yesterday 
and and increasingly demoralized by crooked politicians who have an ugly agenda and defunded man they're serving to to protect and defend us so we don't like it when we get a speeding ticket you know that's the downside of law enforcement is you know but um when someone's breaking in your back door with a crowbar or a gun you know who are you going to call you're certainly not going to call one of these crooked politicians who's never been in harm's way you know you're going to call law enforcement and um you know it's just i don't want to just ramble but we there's a lot of ways that we can change what's going on we need stronger laws against child predators we need stiffer penalties we need we need to weed out the judges and the district attorneys whose whose careers and campaigns have been funded by nefarious billionaires that put them in there um, because they won't prosecute so we need to weed the identify who these people are who have taken money from these nefarious sources and weed them out and and replace them by by better better officials who will prosecute so um and we need stronger protections for the children and stronger education better education all of our children deserve to be made aware of how these predators are stalking them and what the nature of child trafficking is so that they never fall victim in the first place those things aren't there and uh so there's a lot that we can each do and we can it's not just a feel-good saying, we can be heroes. We can all be heroes. We can all do something. We can all write our elected officials or call them and tell them you demand more or you're gonna, or you're gonna vote them out and replace them by someone who will serve our, our will and, and serve our, our best interests. And, um, you know, buy Vets for Child Res Rescue t-shirts and hats and koozies and Merchandise. Why? Because people will see it and ask you questions about it. And it's, it's a chance to tell them, hey, we need to safeguard the children. Here's an org that's doing something about it. You know, there's a lot of ways. There's a lot of ways. And, and always, always, always pray for the little ones that are out there suffering. Only God knows what. And pray for our mission. And uh, so that'll grow. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm building the biggest most powerful war machine I can against this. Uh, yeah, we're not, we're not, we don't have belt-fed machine guns and rockets, but we have a lot of powerful tools to uh, make war against child trafficking, and it's, uh, it's effective. We've got a 100% conviction rate so far, and uh, we've alerted countless millions of people to it, and we're rallying greater support. And look at the evil ones lashing back, trying to, trying to, um, discredit us because of it so we're proud of what we're, we're doing Amen. and everybody can have a part it's not just for us and it's not just for law enforcement if you can hear my voice there's an there's an opportunity for you to do something no matter how small that you could be proud of on behalf of the children and i encourage you to do it you will feel better and who knows maybe it might just become a habit maybe somebody will be calling you a hero one day Amen. Well, to get off of a super, super serious subject and get our emotions back in check, tell us about Tactical Insider. Well, Tactical Insider is a company that I started to service the entertainment industry. 
you know, coming from a, an extensive tactical background, I love those kinds of action movies, assassin movies and all that. And when an assassin does something goofy oh, oh my that God. wouldn't work, you know, or when he, he continues the, the, the classic default uh, problem of a big Hollywood that everybody can realize is, is distracting is the bottomless magazine when they just, oh the my guys, gosh, yeah. you know, he's, he's got a, a gun and he just shoots forever and he never runs out of ammo and never changes magazines. Well, that's an easy fix, but <laughs> I'm talking about like shooting and moving and handling the weapon and communicating the way that, pardon me, that, that we operators do it, you know, because I, I like entertainment. And when I go to see a movie, I want to see, I want to remain lost in the fantasy of the story, right? I just, I want to just be raptured and whisked away into this fantasy and this story and watch this whole thing happen. And then only at the end when the credits roll, uh, realize, oh yeah, I'm in a theater or I'm at home in front of this, the TV with my family. You know, I like that, that, that is momentary escape when I'm watching a great movie and I don't want to be removed from it by, oh man, that's an actor and he's doing a bad job. He's doing some goofy stuff that uh, wouldn't even work in the real world, you know? And uh, so I started training actors for their film roles for this kind of thing. And, uh, um, and I also train military and law enforcement units and intelligence agency uh, snipers and so forth uh, to give back some of my, wealth of training because I've not only been able to uh, be trained all the way to the tier one level, highest level of counterterrorist operations, but cross-train with a lot of our allied counterterrorist units and learn the way that they skin skin the cat, so to speak, and the different techniques. And so just had a wealth of it. So I like training our military and law enforcement when I, when I can. And so Tactical Insider is all about that. And I train civilians and patriots and, and people on different things. There's one group or one, uh, one course that I have called Hard Target Training. And Hard Target is a list of skills that I put into an imaginary bag of tricks, if you will, for my own family. I realized, hey, you know, in the Air Marshal Service, safeguarding people, and a thin skin aluminum tube at 35,000 feet, you know, there, there are things to know about surviving a threat at that altitude in that situation. And, uh, you know, a lot of hand-to-hand -hand training and surveillance detect detection, um, threat recognition, situational awareness, all of the things, you know, some driving techniques and, and the things that I learned over the decades in my different professional capacities and careers and all the dozens and dozens and dozens of schools that I've been through and real world experience in 60 countries. What is it that my own wife and family deserves to know? And what is it, what's appropriate for me to share with them? So I put together those skills and uh, that's, that's what essentially is in my hard target training package. So it's not really a shoot 'em up course. It's a course for anybody Old people all the way down to 16-year-olds is usually about the youngest I'll include in that course on how not to be 
part of the victim uh, pool uh, when something, when, when life uh, presents a threat to you here in the United States, you know, active shooter or, you know, behind the wheel of a car or in the mall when things go wrong or fire and all these kinds of things. I, I teach people how to escape these type of situations and survive. And there are other courses as well, but um, that's what the hard target training is about. So I enjoy tactical insider. I just don't get to do it as much as this. I used to because my full-time passion now is that's for child rescue. Can anyone be on your team or in Vets for Child Rescue, or do they have to be have a special type of training? Um, what can someone do to be not on your team, but on a team like yours? Yeah, well, we've got a volunteer pool. So people can go through our website and register to volunteer, and they'll be given, uh, well, they'll, they'll have a background check conducted on them. And then they'll be given direction on how to get involved and, and, and tasked with things that they can do. So that's step one. And um, everybody can kind of do a little bit of something, even if it's just sharing the word um, you know, on social media or handing out flyers, and different things like that. So there, there's quite a bit to be done there. And uh, my at the, high, the very highest end, the opposite end of that are my Viper team members. And these guys are senior Delta Force and SEAL Team 6 operators and guys from uh, the GRS and, and different units that I've worked in over the years, the guys that have typically been in multiple service branches and law enforcement with a really, really extensive backgrounds and training that I've known for decades. Some of these guys I've known for over 30 years. So these are close personal friends and teammates of mine that I've been uh, in harm's way with uh, extensively and uh, trust like the back of my hand. So that's what that's about. But there's there's a few different uh, capacities in between. And again, like I said, we have uh, a team of investigators. We've got an investigator program and uh, analysts that, that serve on that as well. And then we've got a small core staff that uh, work their fingers to the bone making sure everything is is as perfect as they can make it and running Vets for Child Rescue. We're not, a, we're not a large organization. We're just a very powerful, small one. And so everybody that, that's on board just works, works practically around the clock. So um, it's not glamorous work, but it's rewarding work. We, when we get together and we talk and we um, I, I make these achievements it, it, we talk about how it's an ugly fight and it's hard work but it feels so good in our soul we know we can see the difference that we're making and we know that we're doing the right thing so well, uh, just like in in the scriptures um in the old testament with gideon um he had all of these soldiers and the lord told him to uh, go to the water and those who drink the water send them back uh, in your situation um, with your Viper team, and you're just a small organization um, with a huge impact, it it does not matter how many people you have. It's the effectiveness. I would yes, rather ma'am. I would rather have six people that I can trust than to have six hundred people that I cannot. 
Yeah, this this fits exactly that mindset, and uh, and that's how that's how I run it. So, um, but on the volunteer side, and, and everybody can help us by sharing the Contraland documentary link, and by sharing our social media posts, and telling their friends, and buying merch, and donating to fund our our mission, and all of that, and praying over the children, praying for the org. You know, everybody, there's there's something really genuinely that everybody can do. So we appreciate any of it. All of it helps. Well, tell us again helps. the many places that we can find you, that we can find Contraland, that we can find your organization. Well, our, our main website is kind of a one-stop shop because it's all linked there, and that's vetsforchildrescue.org. That's vets and the number four. And ContralandMovie.com is the the film website, and it's connected to VetsForChildRescue.org as well. Can people like me that have a podcast, um, we we broadcast um, literally all over the world, um, can we use ContraLand? Can we put that on our podcast? You must. I demand it. <laughs> please do it's you know there are a lot of people that criticize me for this but i i challenge them on that criticism they're like craig this could be worth a lot of money uh you know you you should charge people and i challenge them i say look man all i want to happen is for people to stop raping children that's all i'm fighting for it's all that's my objective. And if you understand that objective, then you realize knowledge is power. We need as many people with the knowledge as possible. So I'm asking people to fund our mission in good faith. But Contraland is my gift to everybody to understand the nature of the problem. So I don't want to charge people who run podcasts or websites to host Contraland. I ask you and urge you and thank you for for linking it on your your website or your podcast and and sharing it because that's how we get the most people informed and empowered against child trafficking and that's how we most quickly bring about solutions to end it. So man share it away and ask everybody else to share it away. That I gave this away as a good faith public service alert, and that's that's what it is. That is huge. And I'm asking God to bless it and let it resonate, and I hope it does. I am sure. I am sure it has and will continue. Um, is there anything that you'd like to share before we go? Is there anything you'd like to add or share? Take your time. Well, I, I am probably, you know, you—, you complimented me for my humility but you know i i am the world's best cornbread baker by my <laughs> estimation because i have my mom's texican cornbread recipe and it is it is uh the bomb so you know i could i could so share you, that somewhere I so do you put sugar in your cornbread <laughs> <laughs> no see that's good, the thing good. In exactly Texas, we don't put sugar I, I reckon that's some kind of communist oh if, that's if you are truly to be if you book. are truly from the south <laughs> You do not put sugar in your cornbread. Oh man, there's jalap- there's uh, there's sautéed jalapenos and there's uh, Colby cheddar cheese and um, 
Uh, oh, geez, corn, I'm coming to your Mexican house. Mexican-style corn and this uh, corn. This is the gnarly, grainy cornbread from Southern Texas style. So that sounds like the chili cornbread. Oh, and it's great with chili. If you're going to have chili, man, then this is a great thing to accompany it. And that's that's a lot of what when mom would make it. Is dad was either going to grill out steaks or or make chili. She would make this cornbread, and you have the long green onions, like three of those on the plate. Uh, with it and a big old iced tea. That was one of my favorite meals, man. There you go. I, I'm happy to share that wherever I can. <laughs> um, well, okay. I'll put it, I think, on my Facebook page, but maybe I'll send it to you. You can put it up on your, your site. People can try it, man. It's, it's hard to beat. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But, yeah, a little heavy conversation, heavy topic. I figured, hey, what's wrong with a little levity to uh, hey, wrap it up, right? no problem. And I'd love to have tasty, that recipe. Tasty I way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you, so do you do sweet tea or non-sweet tea? Mm, well, ooh, mama ooh, used to ooh, make ooh, sweet tea, but I drink non-sweet now because I got old and fat, so I got I to <laughs> quit all that. <laughs> well, it would be an honor to have you back on the show in the future, Um so we can talk more about human trafficking and how to stop it, that it does not matter if it's just one broadcast with you or five broadcasts with you. There is nothing wrong in my opinion with stating the obvious of what is happening and stating it frequently to get the word out. Yeah. They're the, the predators are attacking every day and uh, you know, the, the big tech corporations are suppressing the solutions and the exposure every day. So hammering on this multiple times is, is probably a prudent move. So I appreciate you, Kate, and the opportunity to come on. And um, I appreciate everybody tuning in and listening. So it's been a, been a privilege. This That's a huge forum. You're, you are not only on um, public streaming network tonight, you are also on Spreaker with, um, I'm in the Unleashed Jeremy Hansen studios right now. Um, and this is literally worldwide. So hopefully this gets out there and people can listen. They can go to your website and they can learn more, which is huge. And they can go to ContraLandMovie.com and watch it. I encourage everyone to watch this documentary. It is so important to get this word out. Share, share, share that documentary. Okay. Thank you, Kate. Oh, you're welcome, everyone. The time has come for me to end the broadcast tonight. Thank you for tuning in. Many people attribute Navy SEALs and heroes to something that they watch on television and the movies, and that heroes are not in the flesh, but just on the screen. Thank you, Craig, Salman Sawyer, for sharing my campfire and showing us your human side, and that heroes are also in the flesh, even though you are humble enough to say you are not a hero. You are to me. Remember, everyone, train hard and train smart to survive, thrive, and stay alive. And this is Kate signing off until next time.